you know, I had these standards for what I wanted the social impact to be, what I wanted the giving impact element to be. Those were strict and having a team by my side who emulated that same energy when it came to working with brands was so important because, I mean, you watch any of my YouTube videos, I have. How did SpongeBob find his way onto the NFL field? Why is Lego taking the fashion world by storm? Where did all that Baby Yoda merch come from? And why are people going crazy for Captain America pajamas? We explore what makes certain consumer products stand out above the rest thanks to a little thing called brand licensing. Welcome to the Licensing Mixtape, a podcast from License Global. Hello and welcome to the Licensing Mixtape. My name is McKenna Morgan, digital editor of License Global Magazine. Today I am joined by two special guests. Mike Feinstock, co-founder of Semaphore Licensing, and his client, Hiram Yarbrough, a skincare influencer with a combined following of more than 12.5 million. Today, we're discussing all things influencer licensing as Mike and Hiram prepare for the launch of Hiram's branded skincare line, Selfless by Hiram, in partnership with the Inky List and Sephora. How are you two doing today? We're doing great. Thank you so much for having us. It's honestly, it's an honor to be here and we're super excited. Yeah, I appreciate the time for sure. Absolutely. So Hiram, what made you want to get into licensed consumer products and why did you decide to create your own line of skincare? You know, interestingly enough, it wasn't something that I set out to do from the beginning of my YouTube channel. My channel has always been very education focused, uh, in instructional, really just focused on spreading the message of skincare. And so I really didn't know if I wanted to create a brand until I realized that it could be a catalyst for social change, where I realized that if we combined amazing skincare products with creating positive difference in the world, giving people that opportunity and that experience to know that they are a part of a bigger movement and resolving some bigger global issues. That's really where the excitement came about. And of course, because of my already existent passion for skincare and formulation and ingredients, it just was kind of the perfect combination that I didn't truthfully know would resonate with people, but it's been incredible to see how much it has resonated with people and uh, with specifically licensed product as well. Um, you know, I grew within the space pretty rapidly and coming from a kid who was, you know, raised on a cattle ranch in Arizona, the, the world of business uh, and YouTube and social media was something that was very new to me, but I had already been working um, previously with Semaphore um, and had contact with the incredible team and they had, you know, suggested and brought up the potential of doing, you know, licensed work um, together. And I was like, you know what, Let's, I'm, I'm open to it. I'm down to hear it out. And, uh, and it was just honestly a really good relationship um, between Semaphore and I in terms of entering this space and for me, truthfully learning about this space. So Mike, what made you and the team at Semaphore want to represent Hiram specifically? Well, since the early days of working with him, we were noticing just the engagement of his audience. It was really at a level that we see rarely. The level of emotional connection was kind of off the charts, basically. And, and we have seen it before over the years. And it's Every couple of years, you see something like this. And we sat down with him and we're like, there is something really big here, like even bigger than I think you might understand with respect to how passionate your, your audience is. Because, you know, when you're in the new media space, you're focused on those core metrics that you live and breathe every day, like likes, subscribers, comments. And that's the world you know. But us having been in the business side for 10 years, we kind of understand the stadiums full of people that those data points represent. And it's really the way we look at it, it's a way to give back to your audience in the end. I mean, that's really how we see it. And influencer licensing is a relatively new phenomenon. So as you just said, you know, a stadium full of people 
are willing to buy products from Hiram and people like him. So what makes it so appealing to consumers and how do influencers fill a gap in the licensing space? Well, I think this has to do with the way the industry's changed over the years. And we've gone from a world of influencer engagement with their fans where fans didn't want to think it was a business. They wanted to think it was somebody in their basement just, you know, recording to now it's changed such that it's they're rooting for their favorite influencer. They really want to support them. And this change happened a couple of years back where there was like a dynamic that flipped where I think the fans realized if my favorite creator can't pay his rent and like pay for his car payment, he's not going to, he or she's not going to create any content anymore. So it was a really, I call, I feel like it was a watershed moment in the industry where suddenly it went from the dreaded sellout conversation to, I'm so proud of you. You've earned this, you deserve this. And it's just been incredible. And, and truthfully, you know, creators like Hiram, when they have such integrity to their audience, it's it's hard for an, an audience, you know, a fan not to just want them to do well and to and to be seen as somebody who's important. And I feel like it's really been, uh, at least from my side, you know, being newer to the industry and seeing the perspective coming from a viewer to now a creator. You know, I also have felt that um, emotion when it comes to watching creators, you know, really wanting to support. But I feel like the industry has also evolved so much where it's given opportunities to say like me to work with someone, you know, like Semaphore for licensing while still having, being able to be an integral part of the brand creation, be part of every single development process as a founder, you know, kind of get to experience everything in kind of like this, I guess, makeshift structure, where as opposed to say before the opportunities would be limited because it was very isolated in view of this is an influencer's responsibility, this is licensing, this is business, very separated. It's kind of, I, I feel like the industry has really shifted to allow for a mixture of all, which is something I've personally gotten to really benefit from is being in the middle of this kind of joint venture of different groups and teams to say, make this brand launch a reality as opposed to say, maybe more conventional, sometimes views of licensing where it's it's a different structure, you know, depending on if it's like a celebrity brand or, or something like that, you know, being able to be a part of every single process, I think to me has shown how much the industry has changed and how much it is evolving to really be inclusive to influencers specifically. So what do you two look for in creating a collaborative project? Does Semaphore have any must-have prerequisites and Hiram, do you? Um, we need the passion for the whatever the influencer believes in. It has to be honest and and in their hearts. I mean, it sounds a little cliche when you say it like that, but it's really true. The audience and the fans can tell when somebody's just going through the motions or doing something because there's some economic reward versus when somebody's just passionate about something. And that's where I feel like we've been able to really make a little bit of a mark in the licensing world because we start with that core principle of the influencer's passion and the influencer's emotional connection to his audience is sacred. And you cannot, as a brand, do anything to distort the passion of the creator. This is where, you know, finding the right pairing, as I like to call it, really matters dramatically. Mark and Colette at the Inky List, you know, I give them tremendous respect and 
you know, they deserve a ton of credit because they understood Hiram's vision for this and they never once tried to fight it. I mean, Hiram could give some more details in a minute, but there's a tremendous charitable and social good element here. And as you can imagine, from a business perspective, that makes things very complicated and very difficult. So normally there's a friction between those, but Mark and Colette really appreciated Hiram's passion. And I, I believe it's because they experienced the power of social media as they were growing you know, their company, the Inky List, to, to be such a powerful new brand. It really showed them what could be. And I think that really opened the door for Hiram to work this incredible partnership such that he got everything he wanted in a friendly collaborative manner and and to me that's what's so special about this particular situation and to Hiram's point where the industry has come over the last five to ten years it's it's been a massive change in that respect and to answer your question as well in terms of my my kind of expectations and standards for working with um, not only just Semaphore, but also Inky List. First and foremost was based off of values and ethics. I really needed to make sure that there was a value alignment that for me in developing this, this was so much more than just a business. It was really an opportunity to give back and make a bigger social change. And I remember when I first introduced the idea of selfless that I had been working on for so long, protecting and keeping it like, <laughs> you know, to myself. Um, I had shared it with the Semaphore team. And I remember the response being so full of genuine support and very excited, but also them resonating with what I truly wanted to accomplish, that I saw this as an opportunity to do something so much bigger. And that, like I said before, you know, um, that this brand would be a catalyst for social change and seeing that, seeing them understand how important that was to me, but also sharing in that vision as well and having that vision and being able to bring it to the Inky list as well, seeing Mark and Colette also feeling the exact same way and every single step of the way, like he said, having that as top priority to me was incredible because that was one of the primary reasons I was nervous about bringing on a partner and entering the world of licensing was because I just didn't know if businesses were going to have the same priorities as I did, as it's just very hard to find. It's very rare um, given how much we're giving to charity and the social impact that's being generated, let alone leading with that from the forefront of the brand on the packaging on everything that we speak to always leading with social change it's a very bold move so to see that you know everyone was in alignment on that value not only was encouraging but also streamlined and made the entire process so much more positive and it really just made things be accomplished that I never ever would have expected to happen. And I truly think that's because everyone really was in alignment of what we wanted to accomplish. So to expand upon that, rather than working to create the line from scratch, you decided to work with the Inky List to develop the license line. Um, tell us about the process for making that decision. Yeah, it was a it was an interesting decision because I can now say naively, um, initially set out to do it on my own, um, completely on, on my own. And I think given the structure of the company, the give back component paired with the expectation. And at that point, the rapid growth of following that I was experiencing, I quickly realized, you know what, this may not be possible or may be not as impactful if I were to do it on my own as opposed to working with 
a partner. And Semaphore really was optimistic and immediately started, you know, seeing what was out there, kind of like seeing the industry, seeing what was available. And um, they really posed me with the question of if you had to work with, like, if you could work with one company, which one would you choose? And I just couldn't think of any except for the Inculist. They were really the only one that came to mind where I was like, you know what? Yes, this would be the perfect partner. And uh, funny enough, I was on the day, and I don't even know if I've told you this, on the day that I was supposed to order all the packaging components for my own formulas that I had already developed. I had been developing the brand for eight plus months and had developed formulas, worked with chemists, worked with packaging solutions, was literally going to about to place the order. Um, Semaphore called me and they were like, you know what, just press pause on everything. We have a phone call with the NQ list. You may want to listen, just keep your mind open. And I was like, you know what, yeah, I'm, I'm totally open to hearing this. And that moment changed everything. Thank goodness it happened that day. <laughs> but uh, it changed everything. And from immediately there was this this emotion that was present where it just felt right you know like when you can really feel it in your in your gut and in your soul like this is the right decision and these are the right people to work with that's really how it kind of transitioned but truthfully i never would have gotten to that point had i not worked with the semaphore team because i was in my own world doing my own thing of just creating my own products and everything to really like step outside of myself and say what what can be accomplished on a bigger scale and i think the impact part of the equation really was somewhat of an eye-opening conversation for hiram because in his mind he had certain goals and metrics tied to what he might be able to accomplish if he did something on his own and because of the social impact and the charitable pieces of this equation, the ability to get, you know, experienced partners behind your cause really, in the end of the day, propels the cause forward, right? So I think that was, for me, a very interesting, like, awareness, like, I kind of saw over a series of conversations, probably over the course of about a month, where it started registering to Hiram as to like, so wait, wait a second. If we did this type of scenario, we could help these many more people and donate this much more. And, you know, the cascade of the positive impact really starts leveraging. In the end of the day, at least for myself, I just couldn't be more excited. And I tease Mark and Colette all the time because we did have several options and there were very you know significant opportunities for Pyram's line because many months went by from when we first explored the story till we were like really ready to do something so the world started waking up to kind of quote his power in the skincare industry it just made sense for them and their sephora relationship was so powerful and you know sephora needs to get a lot of credit as well to allow it to happen is what I say on a global stage, because we're going to get to where Hiram could have got on his own magnitudes quicker. And not that he wouldn't have got there because you could always build and grow and do anything on different timelines, but just the magnitude is, is incredibly exciting. And it's, it's been like a little bit of a hurricane, like Hiram was saying, because <laughs> As everybody started getting deeper into the project, everybody started getting more and more excited. It was a very interesting path to you know, where we stand here right about launch day because it went from Hiram's vision of what could be to 
almost bringing on cheerleaders along the way. And now we just have this global stage for him to tell a story. It kind of gives me chills even sometimes when I think about it as to like what what's happening and how this has gone from the two of us talking about how big impactful things can almost change the course of your life to like us here in yeah. New York together. Yeah, I mean, I remember a conversation with you um, where Mike was really presenting the idea that, you know, Hiram, because I, of course, was very close-minded in the direction that I was going in terms of like, I want to create this and I want it to be 100% me. And I, I don't know how I feel about all this and him really presenting me with the idea that, if you do that, think of how much less of an impact will be made as opposed to being able to launch something so much bigger that's able to provide so many more people with clean water, that's able to protect so many more acres of rainforest from deforestation. You know, it kind of, it was for me a slap in the face moment of like, if you really are most passionate about social change and that's what you want to create, why would you limit that impact because of your stubbornness, closed-mindedness, you know? <laughs> and for me, it was really a wake-up call where I realized, wow, if we were to, you know, have a partner at a bigger capacity, think of how much bigger of a change could be made. And I can confidently say, had I gone forward with my own plan, there would have been nowhere near as big of an impact that's being generated now. And that's honestly what makes me most happy. Good. Well, Mike, tell us about the process of creating the licensing deal between Hiram and the Inky List. As Hiram was making his decision, like what were you guys at Semaphore doing to facilitate the creation of this line and help Hiram with that decision and additional decisions during the creation process? So for us, it was really a vetting or due diligence process. And it was really an alignment of what firms would were saying they were willing to do or wanted to do versus kind of that vibe of like, they're serious about this. Like they're gonna get behind this cause. And it was funny because we had to start off all our preliminary conversations with, this is an unusual situation because you're this mega, mega company, right? But we're coming in with a lot of economically challenging demands. And by the way, they are completely non-negotiable. So if you're not willing to meet them, we're not going to move forward with even the due diligence with you. So that was that was kind of interesting. But I, I'm really excited for the industry in this respect because... Over the past two years, we've been able to do some high profile deals that really kind of gave some spotlight to creators who have been like passionate about what they're doing. And now the the brands are seeing some strong collaborative successes with them. And I, I really feel like it just opens the door for more opportunity for more creators. And, you know, for me, that's super exciting. But it was definitely an interesting <laughs> And we and we used to have to have some calls with Hiram and be like, okay, we just want you to know that like we're we're really hitting companies with some very heavy demands up front. So like if this all blows apart, you have to understand it's the situation of of what we're demanding. It's not that we couldn't make a hundred deals happen because we could have, but the one that's gonna make you the proudest and the one that's in your dreams of of fulfilling it's it's difficult and uh you know i'm glad we're here because there were many nights where we were like i don't know if anybody's gonna take our call again <laughs> 
But I'm I'm honestly so grateful for that because and why I'm so glad to have partnered in this capacity because one thing that was so important to me from the very beginning and why I was so hesitant to, you know, partner going into the licensing world is that you know I had these standards for what I wanted the social impact to be, what I wanted the giving impact element to be. Those were strict and for me an absolute non-negotiable. So having a team by my side who emulated that same energy when it came to working with brands was so important because I mean you watch any of my YouTube videos. I have very high standards for what I expect out of brands. So my own brand needed to just go above and beyond even that. And I mean, I think that's why the relationship worked because I I do feel the same way in the sense of like, if it's not the best, I don't want it, you know, like if, it, if it's not meeting our criteria of what we're expecting a brand to be able to do in terms of not only just changing the skincare industry, but also changing the world, it's not good enough. And, you know, navigating that initially was interesting because, you know, it is in a very competitive and very intense space. But I think that's what made working with the Inky List all the more better because it was it was a humanistic connection. It wasn't based off of these, you know, like necessarily business terms and smart business relationship, yada, yada. It, you know, at its core was really based off of this connection to the people where we recognized, wow, these are genuinely good people. These are genuinely people we would want to work with in the future. And they emulate all the same characteristics and values that we're looking for. And it just, it was so natural. So it made, you know, I, I won't say it was easy because definitely none of this has been easy. <laughs> I was going to say, but... I might strangle you right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not easy. But you know, it's it the energy that was present the entire time and the continuity, I guess you could say, was was just constantly present. And it was it was a beautiful process. So your skincare line focuses on accessibility, sustainability, giving back to charities that help the planet, and providing formulas that work for your audience. Um, you kind of touched on this a bit, but to expand upon it, what was important to you both for your online persona? and for your own personal ethos? Oh, yeah. So I'd say separating the two was definitely important. Um, you know, we had so many moments in the lab where, um, you know, the the chemists or people I was working with would say, you know, what is, what is your perfect product? What's your perfect formula? And for me, I just had to repeat saying, I'm not looking for my perfect formula. I'm looking for what my audience is primarily requesting. And that's one of the incredible things of being able to be online um, and see the conversation and just the community and the discourse is you, for me, I was able to really get a reference of like, what is my audience looking for? What are people online looking for? It was able to give me a sense of direction of what is currently present in the industry and what is missing and how can I fill that gap um, and speak to what people are primarily concerned with. So even things like skin sensitivities, um, you know, price point accessibility, sustainability, all of those things are primarily message, messages that have been communicated by my audience and that I see so present in the online space, but aren't necessarily provided with a lot of options in the material skincare industry. So for me, it gave me an opportunity to really separate my personal ethos um, from what my audience really wanted and instead combine my standards of expectations for quality and um, sustainability with the express concerns that my audience is looking for. And then of course, at the end point, impressing me, <laughs> which is the hardest part I'd say, um, because I have just very high standards for what I look for in everything. But I think 
that made it so much more natural of a connection because I didn't want this brand to be the perfect brand for me. I wanted it to be the perfect brand for my audience and everything that they have not been able to find in the industry so far. And so being able to structure around that combined with some extra surprises of ingredients and unexpected formulas and the social impact element, I think created this really awesome balance. Definitely. So Mike, what makes a successful influencer licensing program? And Hiram, why did you choose Semaphore specifically to represent you? So I think the 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 backstory becomes very important. Like I kind of referenced a little earlier. If the influencer does not have a passion for for what they're doing or for some something they get behind, it, it doesn't have the the endurance is the word like for me the path Hiram chose and we had a lot of serious conversations about this like before this became you know an, a, a formal go forward story it's like look this is not like doing some merch this isn't like doing something moving a few units saying that was cool and then go do some other little project like if you're going to do something to this kind of scale it's a marathon and, and you need to not only be passionate about it, you need to believe in it because it's going to be part of you for a forward journey of really an undefined period of time. So, you know, I think that was a big deal. And that's something we had identified with Hiram through conversations. We had, we had been speaking with him on various levels for about, I want to say, close to six months before we even had the licensing serious conversation because we had to figure out if he had the endurance because he had come up so quickly. It, it was like a little bit hard to say in the early days, but then once it started becoming more clear to us that this is like no joke, like he is, this is him and his mission, it became a much more comfortable thing. But also the, the passion to be in the lab and create it, I think, is part of the story that's not told that much, I think. But this isn't a case where Hiram kicked back in a boardroom and four scientists came up and chemists and said, oh, A, B, or C, and he chose C. Like, this is Hiram shoulder to shoulder in the lab in a secret location and, like, the whole nine yards. And... Because his audience had been so excited for a line, it had to be ultra top secret because we didn't want a situation where people found out he was working on a line and creating all kinds of stories and complications on that. So it was like this gigantic super secret for months. And that was kind of the most, one of the most challenging parts of this whole process was the level of secrecy about the whole thing. And mostly it was, it was Hiram's kind of one of his insistent situations where he's like, nobody could know until it's like ready to roll off and be in stores. And we're like, uh, Hiram, usually there's a press release like six months prior to launch. <laughs> he's like, Nope, no press release nobody's saying nothing like super quiet like and the to me what sums up something that was just so funny in in the journey I was on a a marketing call a few months ago and 
like we literally everybody on this call had to sign a new round of NDAs. And I'm like, I've been in like some really big M&A deals and I had never signed as many NDAs <laughs> as I signed on this deal. And I was running the deal with Hiram. I'm like, wait, do you guys know who you're asking to sign the NDA? And they're like, so sorry, Mike, we're making everybody sign it. I'm like, I'll gladly sign it. But honestly, this is hysterical. But it, but it was it was great. And it just showed how hands on he was and how important it was that he got it right. And we didn't want a situation where somebody found out and there was pressure to release something that wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. So that was really important to Hiram. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the main elements, you, you go to any of my YouTube videos and you will see how many people in the past have commented, when is he going out with the skincare line? I'm ready to see the skincare line, which, you know, created for me a healthy amount of pressure to know that this had to be absolutely perfect and everything had to be right. And I wanted my YouTube audience to know first and, you know, for it to be released on the place where it started and to make sure that before and up to that point, we got it absolutely 100% perfect everything was right and everything felt comfortable. So like he said, there wasn't that additional level of pressure, hence why, you know, it was such a top secret thing that I'm so glad we were able to save for this special moment to reveal. But, you know, I think to also like uh, go back to your question that you had asked before regarding like why I specifically decided to work with Semaphore. I think for me with anything in life, longevity and trust is really, really important. And, uh, Mike, more than anyone will know, my hesitancy to distribute trust is very prevalent. And I think it's just because I I know how difficult this industry can be. And I know that you have to be so, so careful. And, you know, having worked with some for a different capacity and for a really long time before we even started the conversation specifically around licensing or anything like that, um, you know, that relationship was really important. And even when the licensing conversation started, <laughs> the amount of time it took, I think for me, I know was a total pain in the butt for the Semaphore <laughs> team. But for me, seeing the dedication and the commitment throughout the process of the going back and forth and figuring out and finding the ideal scenario and all that kind of stuff just throughout the back and forth showed me that they were dedicated to making sure that this was going to be perfect. This was going to be right. And for me, um, obviously I didn't purposefully do it, but you know, draw it out for a long time to make it difficult. But through that process of making sure that it was perfect showed me, wow, this is really the right team who not only, you know, wants to get it right, but also has my back and, people at whom I can trust, which is more important than anything else. So I think to me, it just really showed me how positive of a relationship this was going to be. And that's really where I fully felt comfortable of, okay, this is the right, the right partner to go with. Excellent point and a great note to end on. So thanks so much to both of you for joining me today. Of course. Thank you so much for having us. This, this has been awesome. Super fun conversation. Just relaxed. And yeah, it, it means a lot that you would include both of us. And I'm glad I got to do it with Mike sitting <laughs> right next to me. This has been fun. Well, we were happy to have you. And thank you all for listening to the licensing mixtape. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify. We'll see you next time.